Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Crank it up. We are ready to go. Yeah. We're all we've got. We're all we need. Let's go. Hit stick talk. It's a great day to be an Italian kid from New Jersey. <laughs> Offensive player of the week, and Tommy DeVito. <laughs> I hate to say I'm right again. No, you don't. But what a surprise. <laughs> There's only one thing left in America. We can yeah. all agree on. <laughs> the officials suck. Yeah. We all hate oh, the <laughs> The man lined up at the linebacker position for the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. <laughs> he put the toe in Tony. Taylor Swift would have written an album about <laughs> this play. Called The Toe That Broke My Heart. It's a toe I don't like. We have lost the ability to have a serious conversation about the play of the year. The greatness was standing right there, and they turned it into doggy doo-doo. When in doubt, talk about yeah. Jeff Saturday's play. Yeah, rating yeah. spike right there. They'd be starting on the hands. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Ah, Roll something. Broncos, Lions. Oh! Kmart is going to smash the disagreeing helmet. Oh! I did hit it. I did hit it. <laughs> <laughs> that was even better than we hoped it would be. Fun week. We're so delighted when every time you choose to get up with us. Meanwhile, Bart Scott was late to work this morning. Is it possible because you were taking the train? <laughs> that actually happened yesterday. That is a bull yeah. on the train tracks. Is that is that Bart's suit in the background? In New Jersey. <laughs> only, on, only in Newark, man. I'm, I'm no. so happy. I'm so happy the, the bull didn't go on the third line because you'd have been roast beef. It's not only in Newark. There are no bulls in Newark. <laughs> that, third, that third line is live if you don't know for ladies and gentlemen out there. This, this actually happened. This, this is a bull running the train tracks. Where he come from? Exactly. Newark, Where did he New come Jersey? from? No one is quite sure. Uh, one way or another, that's a certainly a very unusual little moment that we had there, amongst many others. And with that, we come to you live, as always, above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We are delighted you are there. Lewis Riddick with us. Plenty of basketball insight as well. But we begin with an absolute demolition on Thursday night. Where to begin to describe how ugly this got for Justin Herbert's team? Even he couldn't have done anything about this. Raiders were shut out five days ago by the Vikings. Meanwhile, they were already winning 7-0 in the first quarter when Aiden O'Connell hits Trey Tucker for that touchdown. So now it's 14-0. And then, Bart, on the very next play, the Chargers are going to put it on the ground. Yeah, ball security, job security. And then, it, you know, when it rains, it pours. And unfortunately, it was tsunami yesterday. Oh, yes. So it could, it's, I mean, it was like Noah's Ark kind of rain. <laughs> uh, this is O'Connell to Jacoby Myers. 21-0 in the first quarter. Was it a, yeah, wasn't there discussions about starting Jimmy G? Uh, did yeah. I mention they were <laughs> shut out on Sunday? Uh, we're 30 seconds left in the first half. It's 35-0. It's O'Connell. It's Tucker. It's 42-0 at the half. Richard Sherman on TV said they should have fired Brandon Staley then. Yes. Final seconds of the third. It's 49-7. Now, here's the embarrassing play. John Jenkins, 327 yards. Good for him. The big man touchdown. Where's the pursuit? Look at the piano that got on his back. Yeah, I want to see how much oxygen he sucks up after this one. Way to go, big fella. No one gave any effort to try yeah. and catch him and then look at that play. Yeah, that's when they just get, they've just they given up. They've given up. Mark Davis can't believe it. Jack Jones, a defensive touchdown. 
The Raiders, who I will tell you once again, scored zero points Sunday against the Vikings. Scored 63 against Brandon Staley's Chargers last night. That's a franchise record. It's the second most points scored after a shutout loss in NFL history. The Raiders had eight different players score touchdowns last night. First time that's happened in any game since 1950. Here was Brandon Staley after it was over. Do you expect to be the coach here tomorrow? I don't know that. Do you, do you think you should be? Yes. Why? I know that what I've done here for three years, and I know what I put into this, and you know I know that we're capable of going. It's games like this happen in the NFL. To every coach that's ever coached in this league, you can look at any great coach that's ever coached in the league, sometimes games like this happen. All right, uh, Bart was yelling and screaming over that entire soundbite. Why? No, Mr. Postman, because I can remember saying, Coach, a couple of weeks ago, uh, talking about I am the caller of the defense. I'm going to make the calls. Bro, that's on you. Like, Justin Herbert does not play defense. The fact that your team out came out and got select is on you. It's on your watch. He has fumbled the bag of probably one of the most talented rosters in all of football. He just needs his defense not to stink. And he hasn't been able to figure that out in three years. I'm surprised. I would have gave him a Greyhound ticket and told him to take the bus home or gave him some Usher tickets to him go look at the Spear. There's no re- <laughs> reason for him to come back to, the, to, to, to Los Angeles with us because his service is no longer needed. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll mail your stuff to you, too. Don't need to come back in. Your code don't work. For those who were not with us at the beginning of the show, Lewis, you, you had uh, some equally strong comments uh, about the way this team looked last night. Yeah, look, this was... This is what it looks like to quit. I mean, and people say, well, you know, what does it really look like when a team quits? Do guys really quit? Do they really not try as hard? Do they really not, like, pay attention to the details and lock in? Yeah, there it is, folks. There it was last night. Happening in real time. They shut it down. And there were still some good players on that football field who looked like a shell of themselves. Look, this, honestly, when you think about maybe over the past two to three seasons, this may be the, the worst utilization of a quality roster that you've seen in a long, long time. And I understand that. Look, they have had, they have been just absolutely riddled with injuries. They have not have people had people available to them on a regular basis at an alarming clip. But they have some very, very good players on this football team, both interiorly in terms of the offensive and defensive line, and on the perimeter as far as playmakers, running backs, defensive backs, safeties. They have some fantastic players. And they still are being talked about in the way that they're being talked about and on their way to now making a total regime change. It, it really is about as bad as it can get in terms of an entire football operation just falling to the ground. It really is. Th- th- I think that's right. I think we all agree that Brandon Staley is very unlikely to keep that job beyond the end of the season if they decide to do something now during this little mini-buy. We'll wait and see on that. In the meantime, the speculation over how attractive a job that becomes is fascinating because people love Justin Herbert, and there is one name in particular that people will start to mention. Well, I mean, you talk about stuff that floats around in league circles this time of year. You start to hear chatter if, in fact, the Chargers move on from Brandon Staley, if, in fact... The Patriots move on from Bill Belichick. Is, is, is that a spot for Belichick if he wants to continue coaching, chase that Don Shula record? I, I would not be surprised if there was some mutual interest there. I know, Mike T., you, you, I think you might disagree, but I think that, that, that in terms of Justin Herbert being an attractive guy to go coach, 
and then the Chargers being a team that's always looking for ways to kind of grab some attention, sell some tickets in that market. I wonder if that might be a short-term marriage that could work. Yeah, and look, I, I love Coach Belichick, but I, what I would say is if I'm the Chargers, the better fit to me is Jim Harbaugh for a number of reasons. He's 11 years younger, and when you go back to the University of San Diego and Stanford, San Francisco, and certainly J.J. McCarthy in Michigan, he has maximized the quarterback and the quarterback's development, and he has the fifth fifth all-time winning record in terms of win percentage in the history of the NFL. That's how good he was at San Francisco. So, love Coach Belichick. I expect him to coach in the league next year in, in another spot. But I think if I'm the Chargers, and it's all about Justin Herbert, and, and Graz mentioned there's going to be a lot of roster turnover because of age cap and things like that. To me, it's Jim Harbaugh. It's this offense. If you want to energize a fan base, sell tickets – I think Jim Harbaugh is the perfect guy. Uh, their fan base, unfortunately, is down the five in San Diego now, <laughs> rooting against them because they're so mad at mm -hmm. them. So there's all sorts of issues. You couldn't have worse vibes around yeah. an organization than that organization has brought onto itself. We'll see if they make any moves today. In the meantime, that was hideous last night, but it is a great weekend coming up in the NFL. Let's make some bold predictions. Lewis Riddick, give me a bold prediction about Kansas City. Well, we talk about these wide receivers and that the fact that they just keep dropping the ball and they don't create explosives. Well, I'm going to say this. Rasheed Rice breaks out. He has a career day, 10 receptions, 120 yards, two TDs versus the Patriots, and he becomes without question Patrick Mahomes' number one guy on the outside. I watched this young man play at SMU. He is an absolute beast. He has to gain his confidence. Patrick seems to be the one guy who still has confidence in him because the fan base sure does. And we don't have a whole lot of confidence. I think he has a breakout game. Bartholomew, give me a bold prediction. Yeah, Zach Wilson and the Jets go down to South Beach and they figure out a way to win. I oh. think the Tennessee Titans open I see up it, Pandora's box. I think they play well. I think we, you, you don't want to play this Jets defensive line when you have a beat-up, um, you know, offensive line. I think the Jets get her done. Tyreek Hill being compromised. Oh, yeah. Wow. Danny, yeah. give me a bold prediction. Mine feels kind of lame after <laughs> Jets beat Dolphins and Chiefs receivers finally catch the ball. I, I, I think the Steelers get back on track and, and, and get a win that really helps Mike Tomlin keep his streak of non-losing seasons alive. Bold? They're coming in with eight days of rest. The Colts will have had five. I think the Steelers get a big win tomorrow against Indianapolis. All right, yeah, remember, we've got three games on Saturday this week. Mike T, give me a bold prediction. All right, Greeny, here's the trifecta. Dak Prescott completes 82% or more of his passes, throws for 418 yards, and the Dallas Cowboys score 40 points. And I'll throw in a fourth. They won't punt. They will pass protect exceptionally well, and Dak Prescott will go up and down the field against a very injured Buffalo Bill defense. I tell you what I appreciate is the specificity yeah, numbers. to go with the boldness. 82%, 418 yards. I didn't get to talk to you about this one uh, when Mike mentioned uh, his confidence in the Dallas offense this week, Lewis. L let me bring it to my two defensive guys here. Styles make fights. Yeah. D does this Dallas offense against this Buffalo defense, do yeah. you see it as huge advantage, Dak and the Cowboys there? No question about it. No question about it. And I, and I think, look, as long as the Dallas offensive line holds up, and particularly on the right side of the offensive line, look, I, I understand Tyron Smith, you know, is going to be a guy who will be in the spotlight, and he's been locking it down on the left side. But as long as the offensive line holds up, I think Dak is playing at such a supreme level in terms of understanding what he wants to get to pre-snap, finding what he needs to get to post-snap, putting the ball where it needs to, making good decisions, putting it in good locations. He's using his legs more. 
I think the middle of the field has been something that has become an absolute um, area that, that, that they want to really attack now with the, with the improvement of their tight ends. I think this all bodes not very well for Buffalo's defense, especially if they cannot up their pressure rate and they cannot get him on the ground. If they cannot make Dak uncomfortable, he is going to absolutely dice up this defense, and I think it could be one of those situations that looks just like Mike Tannenbaum's bold prediction. you see it that way? I don't. I think you have to prove it to me that you can take your show on the roll in the element. 70, uh, I think it's going to be 70% chance of rain. Yeah, it looks like uh, rain. You talk about cr- crowd noise, not being able to have the advantages that you have at home, understanding crowd noise, snap counts, and all that type of stuff. Listen, that's going to be a listen. That's a college atmosphere. Their backs are against the wall. They have to win this game. It's barbecue chicken game over. If Buffalo can't figure out a way to win, they're going to play and be the more desperate team. And you talk about tight ends. I worry about you know Dallas going against their tight ends and if they can handle that package. And James Cook has been playing well. They hand him the ball, give him the ball in space. He's playing at a high level. Josh Allen is going to be the X factor with his legs, being able to, to extend plays and get first down. Well, we all know Buffalo's not about barbecue chicken. Buffalo is about wings. How do you see it? Yeah, I I think what's interesting, like, we're always going to say Dallas has to prove it, right? Like, the Cowboys could could win their last four games by 20 points each, get the bye, roll through the playoffs, get to the Super Bowl and lose in triple overtime, and people are going to go, see? See? The Cowboys, they always let you down. Not people. And that's Stephen A. Smith is going to say it. That's who's going to say it. But look, and it's fair. I mean, you're talking, yeah, about, you're exactly you're talking about 30 right, years here yeah. since they've been that far. So, yes, I, I, I think it's an important game for Dallas to show that they can take their act on the road. They definitely look like they can win anywhere right now, but we'll have to see for sure. But, Grady, to that mm-hmm. point, like, if we just strip away names, reputations, yeah. and just go by the last two months to see, Dak Prescott's the best player of football, hard stop. It's a week-to-week he, league, though. No, but I'm just telling you, right, he's doing it every months, week. It's, he's the best player on the best offense, and I expect that to continue. If, if I could support Bart here, I don't agree with him, but if I were to make give you a number that supports it, these are their three road wins this year, the Cowboys. They've beaten the, the Carolina Panthers, who are the worst team in the league. They beat the Giants week one, 40 to nothing, when the Giants looked just awful. And they beat the Chargers on the road, who last night gave There's- up 63 points in their game. So I, I do agree yeah. that we need to see Dallas do this against a good team, a team that is Proud desperate, noise. on the road, uh, and against a big-time quarterback. I, I think there is something yes. to be said for what the Cowboys the will need to prove thanks, here. Thanks for your support, Greeny. The What's that? There. Shocked it. No, I mean, I don't – I mean, I, I, be, be on time. Can't we'll believe We'll see. There, you see yeah, the numbers on that. We already talked about all this. Yeah, <laughs> final word. Lewis Riddick, final word on this one. Is, is that the deciding factor in this game? Is, is it that Dallas offense shredding the Buffalo defense? Ultimately, is that what decides the game, or is there another major factor you have an eye on? No, it's the two that I mentioned in the last hour, Bart, that you weren't here for. One, turnover differential. Two, <laughs> James Cook. I do you on, with you on that. It is, it, it is turnover differential. There's no question yeah. about that. And because of uh, five of, da- of uh, Buffalo's losses have been a direct reflection or a direct result of turnovers. And number two, James Cook right there. The game has to be about him. It ha- doesn't have to be about Josh Allen. This has- doesn't have to be Josh Allen's MVP moment. It needs to be mm-hmm. James Cook's MVP moment in this moment. And he has been an X factor, especially since Joe Brady has taken over to play calling, both in the run game and catching the ball out of the backfield. If he shows up and they're talking about him over and over again in this game, they'll win it. I think those are the two factors. We will make the picks on this game a little later in the hour. Spoiler alert, not everyone likes the Cowboys. Ooh. Coming up. The one departure from football that we have for you this morning is the fallout from Draymond Green swinging a hit. His coach finally calling out 
his antics last night. You will hear from Steve Kerr and from our insiders next. Plus, Travis tees off on the Chiefs' biggest critics. The question is, is he right? Can Patrick get things right before it's too late? It's a football Friday. It's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, our only departure from football on this Friday is the latest on Draymond Green, who, as you know, has been suspended indefinitely after the incident with Yusuf Nurkic on Tuesday night. It's Green's second suspension this season, and you're aware by now of the lengthy history of issues. Last night, Steph Curry and Steve Kerr speaking for the first time since the suspension. The conversations we had yesterday were about him, you know, personally and making sure the focus is getting right, getting, you know, on a path that's going to allow him to be who he needs to be as a, as a person, as a man, father, husband, and a basketball player um, in that order. The one who, uh, you know, grabbed Rudy and choked Rudy, the one who took a wild flail at Yusuf, the one who punched Jordan last year, 
that's the guy who has to change. Look at the past year and what's happened. It's clear he needs the opportunity to change, and that's what an indefinite suspension gives him the opportunity for. All right, so Brian Windhorst has been terrific with the insight into this all week. And Monica McNutt gets up with us this morning from Phoenix as well. Monica, we've not had a chance to talk to you this week as the story has developed. So now that we hear from Steph Curry and we hear from Steve Kerr, and you've been on the road with the, you know, an NBA team as you cover the Knicks, so you're hearing from a lot of people. What are your biggest picture thoughts on where we stand right now with Draymond Green suspended indefinitely? The suspension is indeed warranted. The action was ridiculous. And to a degree, the Warriors have to take some responsibility. As I've listened uh, to this whole thing unfold and all of the sound now, Greeny, it echoes what we heard when he stepped away from the team after the Jordan Poole incident. And so growth is not necessarily a perfect ladder and linear. However, the Warriors had signed sort of that maybe some sort of uh, work, self-work needed to be done away from the basketball court. I think maybe um, probably before the rest of the league to a degree. You know, Wendy, you, you made that point. Uh, you've been on our morning meeting uh, the last several days. I can't recall which day, but you said that to me earlier this week, and I think it's an important point. Many of the things we are hearing from the Warriors now, we have heard before, which I, I, I can see where that might draw some skepticism on the parts of other people. Yeah, if you go back and look at the quotes from Steve Kerr after, forget about the Jordan Poole incident, forget about the Rudy Gobert incident. I mean, go back to Stephen Adams back when that incident happened, LeBron James. Like, they've been saying the same things for years now. And frankly, they probably have said the same things to Draymond Green, and it hasn't worked. And so as you talk to the people in the league and you hear from players, Rudy Gobert himself last night saying he had empathy for what Draymond is going through, you do feel that. But on the other hand, there's been no sympathy for the Warriors. Draymond Green has behaved this way for years. The Warriors, in one way or another, have enabled it and or, you know, supported it. Um, you know, they have said things, but the actions haven't followed. So really, at this point, it's all about those actions. It's not about anything that Steve Kerr or Steph Curry say. It's not even about anything Draymond says. It's about his actions going forward because everything that he has done over the last year has indicated that he does not fear any retribution. And so now we have some mm -hmm. serious retribution. We'll see if anything changes. And in, in, in the meantime, Wendy, what, if anything, do we know about the process? The, 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 the thing about an indefinite suspension is that it is indefinite. There, there is nothing certain that we are aware of. So what do we know as far as what will have to happen and how long we should reasonably expect it to be before we might see him on the court again? Well, the league is keeping it intentionally vague, and the thing that they're really staying away from is any number of games. They don't want that to be a discussion at all. They, Frankly, they don't want us talking about whether a certain number of games is appropriate. They want to focus on the root cause of this, not on the punishment. So that's what we will give them the leeway to do and let Draymond Green do that. Right now, the Players Union is on board with this, and I think the relationship between the executive director of the Players Union Brand new Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green is significant here. At some point, and there, if there's no definition of a, of a schedule for Draymond, I think the Players Union could start to make some noise about that. But for the time being, the league is pushing that off. I will say this, I would not expect it to be short term. And in that vein, Steve Kerr made major changes to his starting lineup last night. 
bringing Jonathan Kaminga and Brandon Pazinski in there, and he wants to keep it that way for the foreseeable future, which means he doesn't think he's going to see Draymond Green for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. no, I, I think that feels right. And as we sort of go around all of that, Monica, I've had people ask me this question. I'll ask it to you just as one who's been around the league and is talking to people. Does it feel like we are seeing the end of something here? This is a Warriors team with Draymond directly in the middle of it and an absolutely critical piece of it that has put together one of the truly great dynasties the sport has ever seen. Does it feel like we're watching it, the end of it to you? We are certainly watching the end of the Warriors as we know it. What that looks like in terms of their aspirations in a postseason, do I see this as a championship roster? Greeny, we go back to opening night. You and I had this conversation. They are still small, and Draymond is one of their most versatile guys. And yes, Steph is still putting up elite MVP caliber numbers, but you're seeing it begin to take more and more of a toll on him. And so, yes, I think we are seeing this thing come to a close. And I got to say, Wendy, he mentioned the root cause. I completely agree with that intention. But this could be an excavation. Like, we don't know how long this is going to take if the league is sincere about getting to the root cause. That's a loaded phrase. And so then just on the basketball of it all, they're thrilled about Brandon Pajemski. Jonathan Kaminga is going to get this time. But Kevon Looney is listed as 6'9", and Andrew Wiggins is still going to be a key in terms of playing good basketball if they're going to have um, any major success this year. It was great to see Clay get back to a vintage Clay performance last night. But, yes, we are seeing this thing wind down. Monica, so great to have you getting up with us here from Phoenix this morning. Thank you. Wendy, thank you for a terrific week of coverage of what has been just a wild story, and we'll see where it goes next. In the meantime, we've got two good games coming your way tonight. You'll see LeBron. You'll see Wembenyama, Lakers and Spurs taught with the early game. Then you got KD and the Suns against the Knicks. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. Back to football for the rest of our program. Bad blood. Travis tees off. Wait till you hear who he's mad at. Meanwhile, does the road to the Super Bowl still go through his city? We'll answer that question next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're back on Get Up and at the bottom of the hour, DraftKings Sportsbook Predictions brought to you by DraftKings. Let's do this in the form of more or less. Bart, more or less, 247 and a half passing yards for Brock Purdy against Arizona. 
I got to go more. I think this is a superior opponent. This is a divisional opponent. They're going to play them tough, but you talk about, you know, they put up 35 points in the first game. Brock Purdy's in a groove right now. He understands this time to try and get this number one overall, um, you know, seed. Yeah, Bart says the over. Lewis, more or less 70 and a half receiving yards for Stefan Diggs against Dallas. I'm going to say less because this game isn't going to be about the passing game for Buffalo. Again, I think this has to be about the inside passing game. It has to be about the tight ends. It has to be about the running backs. It really has to be about James Cook. I think Stephon can obviously make his prototypical big-time splash plays, especially maybe down in the red area where he is just a nightmare to cover one-on-one. But I think this game is going to be played between the numbers. I think that's where Buffalo needs to focus. So I'll go less. It's a shame we won't get to see him up against his brother. Meanwhile, Tannenbaum, more or less two-and-a-half touchdown passes for Mahomes against New England. Way more. This is going to be a coming out party. They are fired up. We heard Travis Kelsey. And here's the other thing, because New England's offense is going to struggle against Kansas City's defense screening. They're going to have a lot of opportunities. So this is a proven opportunity for this maligned offense. I think Mahomes and company have a big day. It's interesting because the Patriots have played pretty well on defense all through the year despite their bad record. You just mentioned Travis Kelsey. In case you haven't seen it, I want to play that for you. Travis Kelsey on his podcast with his brother has a stern message, and that message is for us. We're not rolling like we've, we have been in the past, man. And um, I know a lot of there's a lot of media pointing fingers at uh, some of the skill players that we have. I say that and excuse my language uh, we usually cuss in lighthearted ways but this is uh i felt like you guys had to feel that whoever's talking on uh, on the the skill players and in, uh, in our offense right now danny what do we think of that oh yeah i'm not buying it look i, I think it's a it, defending super bowl champion begins the week blaming the officials and ends it blaming the media i, I think that's a bad look for a team that's accomplished uh, what they have. I don't think he wants us to feel it. I think he wants the receivers on his team to feel him standing up for them. And I think that's, what, that's what's going on in Kansas City this week. And you heard it from Mahomes a little bit. Uh, I think they're trying to sort of rally. And it's very, I mean, look, I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. I, I, it's very easy to, to rally against the media or, or whoever you feel like or the is out to get you. you right. Have very so uh, it works. Right, like, and and going into a game against an inferior opponent, right? Like you have an opportunity to, to sort of puff yourself up and look really good. It, it it's a it's probably a smart play, but to, to to criticize people for pointing out that they lead the league in dropped passes, they're dropping too many passes. Yeah, I mean that's an absolute fact, and I'm sure he knows it too. Yeah, to be clear, I have no problem with either part of what they did for exactly what your. Pointing yeah, out, it doesn't matter it. that they're wrong. Right. They're just wrong in both cases. They got mad at the officials for making the call that was correct. They're yeah. mad at the media for pointing out things that are obviously correct. That said, they're trying to find some answers there, and I understand that. I don't mind if they say things that are blatantly wrong if they think it's going to help them. The question, Lewis, is... Can they help themselves? Is there enough there? Look, the defense is way better, it feels like, than it's been through most of these Mahomes years. They've still got time left. They still have Patrick and Andy Reid. Is there enough there for them to make another Super Bowl run? If you box me into a corner, which you just did, and asked me this question, yes or no, <laughs> I would say no. Only because they haven't shown it to this point, right? And there's been a lot of tape. Uh, that's been put out there. They have already established a resume that says, look, we can't produce the same kind of explosives that we've become accustomed to, which have become a hallmark of our offensive attack. 
Yes, we still have a good offensive line. Yes, we're number one in pass block win rate. Yes, we still have a quarterback that can do magical things and can and really will rise to the occasion at the biggest moments, and we have a much better defense. But our guys are inconsistent on the edge. Patrick doesn't know if they're always going to be where they need to be. He doesn't know if they're going to catch the ball when he throws it to them. And that is a problem, especially in an AFC that is caught up to them in terms of other teams addressing their weaknesses, accentuating their strengths, and playing some pretty good football. So right now, look, again, with Kansas City, the standard is getting to the Super Bowl and getting there and winning it. Do I think that they have enough in their locker room right now to go ahead and do that once again? I would say no, because those I just don't trust on the edges that they will make the plays that have become so standard with this football team and has led to them being one of the best franchises in the league over the past seven years. I just don't see it. Yeah, and to your point, they really miss Juju Smith-Schuster. That's kind of odd to say, but he was their reliable guy that can kind of get those jack yards, those dirty yards when teams take Travis Kelsey away. You just can't depend on him. I understand, like, right now, Patrick Mahomes is doing everything to build him up. He's throwing him the ball in in pivotal situations. But will he throw those pivotal balls to them in the playoffs and knowing that they haven't been able to – he hasn't been able to rely on them? Like, you talk about Kadarius Toney. We talk about a talented player that has concentration drops. Also, you can't count on him. The Giants gave up on him. Beldad Scanley was in Aaron Rodgers' doghouse because of his inconsistency. So in the playoffs, you need consistency, and they're inconsistent players. I don't know if Patrick's going to extend that trust when it's pivotal and when it counts the most, when you just win or go home. I think that's fair. The, the other part of it, though, we just saw the names up on the screen, but it's Miami, Jacksonville, Baltimore. Uh, who do you believe in fully? Which team is it you look at and say, I can't see the Chiefs beating them. You know, I mean, yeah. to me, there's no team. For years, it was the Chiefs. Who can possibly beat them? Now it just feels like a wide-open free-for-all, and I give the Chiefs the same chance I give most of these other teams. To me, it's the Ravens because of the styles of the game. Their front seven's really good. Guys like Justin Matabuike, and they can get pressure. And again, the Kansas City Chiefs tackles have 25 Penalties, yeah. 25, and it could be a lot more. with are on a roll in a, in a hostile environment with their record. Yeah, and, and, and we still have another month of the season to go. So, again, I don't think Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore are great, but I think they're good enough, and I think Patrick Holmes is that good. But if they can't hold up against a pass rush, none of it matters. All right, let me mention, don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook, this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code GETUP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. <coughs> Meanwhile, three NFL games will kick off the weekend on Saturday. So let's play a game of who you got. Graziano, Vikings, Bengals. Who you got? I'm taking the Bengals. I think they figured something out around this backup quarterback, Jake Browning. They're leaning on the screen game, and they're they're moving the ball with it. I, I think the Vikings have, you know, have played tough defense lately, but they send a lot of pressure. The screen game is a way to, to help mitigate that. I think Cincinnati gets this win and hangs in the playoff race. Which they clearly are doing. Bartholomew, Steelers, Colts. Who you got Saturday? Mitchell Trubisky. Come on, man. Whenever you see that behind center, I think you lose all hope and you know that you know, the, the chances of them winning and Thompson them way into a victory is probably going to be short-lived. You know, Gardner Mitchell is one of the best backups. I know he's not playing great, but I trust him a hell of a lot more than I trust Mitchell Trubisky. You're going Indy. Lewis, Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Jared Goff and the Reeling Lions. Who you got Saturday? With the Lions, look, they just... 
they can produce explosives on offense with the very best of them. And I think they'll get back to that. The offensive line needs to play better. They didn't play very good, particularly on the left side against Chicago last week. But I think they'll get those things ironed out. They have two dynamic backs that can really get after you in real complimentary ways. And defensively, they've just kind of – you know what? The thing that's going to be the Achilles heel for Detroit, they have to figure out a way to rush the passer better. And I don't – you know, again, when you talk about do they have the answers in-house, I think that's the one thing, obviously, going down the stretch that could really hamstring them. Look, they have Gibbs and Montgomery and St. Brown and all these guys. They were playing so well, and it has just fallen apart. Here's the worst news that I can give you if you're a fan of the Lions. Cindy, put the picks up on the screen. There's not one person on this panel who was riding with the Broncos. And here's why. Over the last month, Denver is plus three. Detroit is minus eight. Dan Campbell will run the ball every play. They will not turn the ball over this week. And they'll get back to the hardball runs, play action to Amara St. Brown. That's who really they are is a conservative offense that doesn't turn it over. If they don't turn it over, they're the better team. Yeah, I think uh, Denver has shown, as they've recovered throughout this season, they, they, can, they can jump up and bite you if you make mistakes, if you don't play. But I don't think overall that they're as good a team as Detroit. Detroit coming in, yeah. playing as poorly as they have, I think they're going to be pretty sharp. It's worth pointing out there was a moment in time when the Broncos were 1-5. in five. Yes. Here they sit at 7-6 and six with a real chance at making a playoff chase. We'll see. I have been a believer in the Lions, but they have made me doubt the last couple of weeks. As we continue, back to the biggest game of the season, maybe the biggest weekend of Josh Allen's season. Can he avoid the big mistakes this season? One member of our crew is not convinced. Plus, here we go. The showdown is set. Sneaky Hembo. Graziano, we got MVP conversation, and here's the question. Who's the only quarterback to win MVP on a team that missed the playoffs? That's an interesting question. I like it. The answer's next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, the question is sneaky. Now, uh, Dan, uh, I like this one. I do too. Dan Orlovsky has been talking about the possibility of Josh Allen being the league MVP. Right. His team may not even finish with a winning record. Right. So here's the question There's only one quarterback in history to win MVP on a team that missed the playoffs. Who is that quarterback? There's just no way in the modern game that anybody's giving MVP to a quarterback didn't make the playoffs. There's 14 teams that make it, right? Right. So I'm thinking you got to go way back to a time when there weren't three or four rounds of playoffs, when, when you could have a great record and not get into the playoffs. So uh, Tannenbaum said Marino. I think it's got to be even further back than that. So I'm thinking about older quarterbacks that won MVP awards, and the one that, that, that jumps out to me is Unitas. Johnny Unitas is going to be my guest. <laughs> That's correct. Oh, Johnny yeah. Unitas is right. Unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. 1967, <laughs> the Colts went 11-1-2. and two, Didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> missed because... the playoffs on a tiebreaker. Right. Because they played in the old Coastal Division. Sure. That is an incredible. Oh, what a Coastal Division. Oh, <laughs> 
That is extraordinary. 35-15 as we head towards Christmas. And Hembo just richly deserves it. He tried to stick it with a tough one there. And you got him right back. All right. Our next game is called Either Or. Graziano, you're first up. Who will have more passing yards as we look ahead to some of the good matchups this weekend? And this is your game. Who will have more total passing yards, Lamar Jackson or Trevor Lawrence? I think it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. I I think they're going to have to throw to keep up. I think the Baltimore Ravens like to run the ball, uh, including with Lamar Jackson, and they may not have to throw quite as much. I I think I'm going to go with Lawrence here. By the way, Lawrence, tough dude, man. He sprained his ankle on a Monday night, came back and played the following Sunday. I don't know. The Jaguars need this game. They do need it desperately. Let's go to Monday night, Philly and Seattle. Bart, who will have more receiving yards, A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf? Oh, the former teammates. I'm going to go with D.K. Metcalf because I think on the other side, I like the matchups from the cornerback position a little better. Metcalf against Bradbury, I think, is a mismatch, and they'll find ways to get him lined up on that side. And then finally, Mike T., let's go to Buffalo and uh, Dallas this Sunday. Will Josh Allen have more touchdowns or more turnovers against the Cowboys? Well, Greeny, let's see. Wait wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold hold on. Kill the video. Come out. Who wrote this question? Will Josh Allen have more turnovers or touchdowns? Are you kidding me? We are Lamar Jackson passing yards. Trevor Lawrence. The dis- this is Fink again. This is once again Fink, our coordinating producer, John Fink, who does not deserve to use his first name. He's simply Fink. He lives to be. This is a disrespectful question to the most disrespected star quarterback in the NFL. Will Josh Allen have more touchdowns or turnovers against the Cowboys? Go ahead, Mike T. Answer it. Darren Quinn, 88 turnovers, 47 turnovers. What? Turnovers. More turnovers? No, 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 no. I was ready for this. I was ready for this. From now on, for the rest of this show, you are going to have to hold the Josh Allen jersey. That's it. (laughs) Mike T is holding the Josh Allen jersey. I had the Josh Allen jersey framed because I'm so tired of the disrespect. Let me bring Lewis Riddick in with a little bit of sense. What jerseys we got around? Let's talk. We got we got jerseys for days up in here. I'm getting framers in the back. Is is uh, Lewis? Help me. The, the voice of – no, don't even – no. You can't, I can't, you're not allowed to be seen. You will just be the jersey, and that's it. Uh, Lewis, help me here. The, Josh Allen, is yeah. that a disrespectful question? I can't look at it. Um, it might be a disrespectful question. Yes. But I think it's a relevant question. I think it's a, it's a relevant question, though, especially when you're talking about who the quarterback, who he's going up against in this football game, if you want to pick quarterbacks against one another, and that being Dak Prescott. Because when you look at the two guys and you look at the decisions that they make and the chances that they take within games and the way in which they both put the ball in harm's way, Josh puts the ball in harm's way at a much higher rate than what Dak Prescott does. When you're talking about decision-making and accuracy, Dak has it on lockdown right now. Actually, Dak and Brock Purdy have it on lockdown right now Uh as far as decision-making not taking chances when you don't need to in accuracy, seeing the field cleanly and making sure that they're putting the ball where they need to. Josh, we could go through every one of his interceptions. We could put an interception reel together, and I could, we could put out at least eight to ten of them where you're sitting there going, dumb decision, bad decision, off-target throw, bad decision, shouldn't have tried to throw it in there. It's not all, well, it was the wide receiver's fault. Well, he's disrespected. Well, they don't run the ball. Well, Josh Allen has a great arm. Well, we're just unfairly critical. No. A lot of this is justified. It just is. That doesn't mean that the guy isn't a fantastic player. 
but his decision-making can and does and deserves to be scrutinized. Lewis, I love you, but if you were here, I would have to make you hold the jersey. Bart, let me come to you. In fact, I'd like you to address this to the jersey. Do you believe that the criticism of Josh Allen is unfair? Dear Josh, now, I, think, I think it's fairly warranted, but I tell you what, he reminds me a lot of Brett Favre. You yes. remind me so much of Brett Favre. No risky, no bisky, but listen, you can go on stretches where you're the best football player in all the NFL. Yep. I think this is the week, back against the wall, putting the team on your back with your legs and your arm. You may have a turnover, but that turnover is going to be forgotten because all the other great plays that you're going to make as you outduel the MVP front runner on yes. the other side. Oh. Remind everybody that you knew to this. You're not new to this. You're true to this. You got Buffalo this week? Give me yeah, the I pick. got Buffalo. Give me the picks. No one else had the Bills earlier this Oh, Tanner Brown, you stay behind that thing. You, uh, no, no, no. You stay behind that thing. Oh, look at that. Bart is on the Bills. Graziano, what do you think? No, Tanner Brown, you stay behind the, t- the jersey. I keep looking over here at this jersey. You're going to be you're you're going to be a jersey. We're talking to the jersey now. Multiple things can be true. Which He's is? a tremendous player. Right. Anybody would take him on their team. He right. can do things that nobody else, literally nobody else can with the football. He also turns it over a lot. That's all true. Right. And sometimes it costs them, and sometimes it doesn't. And right now their record is not what it's supposed to be. Is that all his fault? Of course not. Have the turnovers been part of it? Of Answer course. The they question. always are. Here, here, here's what was the question? Here's I didn't the, answer that. Or the touchdowns <laughs> or interceptions. Oh. In this game? Uh. Touchdown. Yeah, look, I mean, here's the point that I made last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lewis, here's the point I made last week. I yeah. understand that there yep. have been problems, but if they don't have 12 men on the field on special teams against Denver and their kicker could make one lousy yeah. kick against Philadelphia, all of a sudden right now sure. that record says 9-4, and four, and we are talking about yeah. Josh Allen as the MVP of the league. If. Yeah, but we're not we're not discussing that. We're talking about whether or not the criticism is unfair of, of him in terms of how he turns the football over. I right. agree with you there. I absolutely agree with you there. I absolutely agree. That's why I hate you know uh, QB wins as a stat, win losses as a stat that are attached to quarterbacks. It's dumb. It's ridiculous because we know it's a team game, but we make it a team game right up until it isn't. Right up until we need to hang it around someone's neck, and it's always about the quarterbacks. But. And, th- and this is unfair. That is that is definitely unfair when it comes to Josh. But I will say this. His decision-making deserves to be scrutinized. Because, look, right now, the guy who he's going to play against on the other side of the field, that quarterback, just watch. When we watch this game and you watch how many, how many passes are thrown that you sit there and go, oh, boy. Oh, man. And if he does turn it over, just analyze why it was turned over, whether it was a bad decision, whether, whether it was an off-target throw. He is not someone that can escape that kind of thing, man. You yeah. have to hold There's him accountable can, can, can in we, that way. Can we address the video that just ran on this program for a moment here? <laughs> Think, what do we have, just a reel of nothing but his interceptions? He made one of the greatest plays in the history of football the other night, and this is the reel that we have ready to go. Oh, there's Josh Allen getting picked. Oh, there's Josh Allen getting picked. Oh, here's Josh Allen getting picked. He might be the most spectacular player in the National Football League, and we have sat here and shown you nothing but his interceptions. I'm telling you right now, this is fink. It is a fink problem. They're not running the same one over and over again here, Greeny. I mean, he did throw all of these interceptions. Did you see that on the bottom? Peyton Manning. So if you can do something to pay man, yeah, you're he good was pretty you're good, good too. Yeah, you're There's nothing good. wrong with saying he throws interceptions. T- he does. Tannenbaum, do you understand the error of your ways? Uh, not really. Carpet okay, tunnel starting. <laughs> Carpet tunnel starting. Right, right. We got old tennis hey, elbow. Hey, Grady, can I ask you a question? Lewis, go. Grady, can I ask you a question? Quick. quick. 
What, what about what about when the interceptions and the turnovers directly lead to points for the opponent, and they are, and that's the difference in the game? Does it is that okay? Is it okay? I'm for sorry, us to we've kind lost your audio, Lewis. I can't hear you back here in New York. We'll we'll try and get Lewis's audio fixed, and we'll try and get. Oh, keep the jersey up there. All right, we'll take a short break. First take is following us in just a moment. Which quarterback will ball out on Sunday? Will it be Dak Prescott or Josh Allen? Is it fair to criticize Steph? For all the Draymond stuff, first take Molly, Stephen A., Bart, Mike T., and many more next on ESPN. We're talking to the Jersey. Leave the Jersey. Crank it up. We are ready. We're all we've got. We're all we need. Let's go. Hit stick. It's a great day to be an Italian kid from New Jersey. <laughs> Offensive player of the week, and Tommy it's... DeVito. <laughs> I hate to say I'm right again. No, you don't. But what a surprise. <laughs> There's only one thing left in America. We can yeah. all agree on. <laughs> the officials suck. Yeah. We all hate all the officials. <laughs> the man lined up at the linebacker position for the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. <laughs> he put the toe in Tony. Taylor Swift would have written an album about <laughs> called The Toe That Broke My Heart. It's a toe I don't like. We have lost the ability to have a serious conversation about the play of the year. The greatness was standing right there, and they turned it into doggy doo-doo. When in doubt, talk yeah. about Jeff Saturday's play. Yeah, rating yeah. spike right there. Maybe he's starting on the hands. Oh, no, 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 no. Ah! Rolls up, baby. Broncos, Lions. Oh! Kmart is going to smash the disagreeing helmet. Oh! I did hit it. I did hit it. <laughs> 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 that was even better than we hoped it would be. And that is some of the silly fun that we have on this program, and we thank you for getting up with us. But every year we have this wonderful opportunity for something much more serious. It's the Disney Ultimate Toy Drive, helping make holiday wishes come true for children in need and honoring Disney's longstanding relationships with the Marine Toys for Tots program. And we are so honored to have three Marines with us today. Will you introduce yourselves, please? Yeah, uh, my name is uh, Staff Sergeant Raul Pilco, and I'm from Queens, New York. Queens, New York, so a local guy. How about you? Uh, Staff Sergeant Rosa Rodriguez. I'm from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Browns, Browns fan? I am. I like it. And you? I'm Sergeant Romero. I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie, New York's a local as well. It's wonderful to have all of you here. On behalf of all of us at ESPN, we thank you for your service to our country and enabling us to do this silliness that we do every single day. Our crew is excited to continue this tradition. You can still be a part of these efforts to donate toys to kids in need. You can donate at Disney.com slash Toy Drive. Again, thank you all. A very happy holidays, one and all. See you Monday, first take now.